Hello, Fumble Files, and well met. Welcome to Fumble Through. Fumble Through. A podcast that met in a tavern but got so drunk, forgot to go adventuring, passed out, and has lost its messenger pigeon. Come with us on our adventure as we continue the story of Little Reg, Flopsy, and Miles McCarthy. And if you haven't done so already... Follow us on socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or fumblethrough.com. I'm Justin, master of games, and with me in the Fumble Factory is Brett. Hi there. For 11 episodes now, you guys have done Fumble Through when Justin says that thing, and I missed it every time and get surprised. Every time. <laughs> it, has, it, it is astounding to me that for 11 episodes now, I haven't been able to join in on that bit. Do you want to do it now? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay! I rolled a natural 20 on joining this group. And Luke! Hey, do you know, guys, as part of my premature uh, midlife crisis, other than having an earring put back in my ear, it is pretty premature. Yeah, yeah, it's premature. I've decided to start judo. But you've done martial arts before, right? Yes, yeah. And I've always kind of shied away from getting thrown around on a mat. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I just thought, you know, what else could go wrong for me, really? It's just... um, Did you get a dressing gown for Christmas? The dressing gown. (laughs) I've actually already got a gi that I was going to use for Aikido a long time ago, but never got around to it. Come with us as we continue to play TSR's Advanced Dungeons & Dragons module, Nightwatch in the Living City! This week's question... Do the title of this have 15 E's at the end of the title? <laughs> Every week we like to talk about something. If you've got a question that you'd like to send us, hit us up on fumblethrough.com or hit us on our social media pages. We might listen. <laughs> it's you not likely, no. We've got a Facebook page, we've got Twitter, we've got Instagram. We're pretty keen to have a chat to people on those places. This week's question is, who do you think is the most underrated sidekick character? Oh, wow. There was Luke's new glasses. I'm reminded looking at Luke of Penfold from a previous episode. <laughs> no, he's not underrated. He's bang on. <laughs> yeah, right. The Green Hornet and Bruce Lee, when Bruce Lee played... Um, oh, Kato. Kato. I was just, I was, was, yeah. That was... I don't know that that got enough kudos as it should have gotten. It was pretty cool. I believe Jet Li also played that character. Yeah. With the Green Hornet, Seth Rogen. Yeah. About any of the Doctor Who characters. Do you think that they're underrated? Yes. Which one? The season, probably season one, we're going way back, was probably the only season where the Doctor Who characters were actually acknowledged for saving places. <laughs> Whereas everywhere else, it's just kind of like, thank you, Doctor. Mine was Catherine Tate from Doctor Who. She's mm-hmm. my favorite Doctor Who's companion. And I think people universally. Did not like her portrayal of that character, which I think that was the best season of Doctor Who. David Tennant, Catherine Tate Tennant, doesn't get any yeah, yeah. Ba- better than that. Luke's looking at me with a blank look on him no, because I just he hates hate Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yeah. <laughs> David Tennant and Catherine Tate did a wonderful version of um, a Shakespeare show on Royal Shakespeare Company. It was really brilliant. They still have great chemistry. I think that worked beautifully on Doctor Who as well. I think um, for me it would be um, Kato Fong for Inspector Clouseau. So Kato and Kato, <laughs> Kate, <laughs> you're copying answers from Kate, each other. Kate one and Kato. <laughs> oh, boo. I've got one more. Brain from Inspector Gadget. Yep. Totally underrated. Penny got all the cues. Is that the dog? Brain yep. did all yeah. the work. Brain That's did a all great work. one, actually, yeah. Brain uh. did all the work on those episodes. When you think about sidekick characters, who is underrated? Like, you've got Batman and Robin. Robin does all right. You've got the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Tonto does all right out of that. Who are some sidekick characters? Because I, I actually struggled to think of yeah. sidekick characters. Robin does all right, but he gets replaced a lot. Uh, Robin, yes. So does Batman, doesn't he? I mean, he's been... Well, Robert, one of the Robins has become Batman yeah. before. Yeah. I'm thinking of Muttley with Dig Dastardly. I'm thinking of those kinds of sidekicks. They don't get acknowledged as much I, I as the... What about Chewbacca? 
Is he get acknowledged enough? Oh, eh? sidekick! You're sidekicking Chewbacca. I am sidekicking Chewbacca. Oh. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Oh, but- Until I mean, out of all the news movies that they did, like the one of the better moments in Force Awakens certainly was where you see the crossbow thing just fly off and Han Solo being like, "I really like this kind yeah. of thing." And yeah. So where we left it last time, you were in the fish markets. Theodore, the chum man, had gone insane and tried to kill Helga with his fish knife. You guys restrained him. You got him to the ground. You found out that there's an amulet on his chest that you think might be a cursed item causing anger to take place. You've managed to subdue the crowd who might have thought that you were doing something untowards towards Theodore. You found Thomas, a small little boy, a fish merchant, and you've promised to go and read him a bedside story, Reg, before he goes to sleep tonight. And all of a sudden, you've got two factions that are in front of you, two elves that have approached the situation. One of them saying, do not worry, there is a small refuge for those in need here in the docks. You can leave him with us. We will take him there and he will be safe. But at the same time that that happened, stepping out of the fog was a large, well-dressed man. To his left was a torchbearer. To his right, a manservant. He swaggers up to you and he says, Not so fast. I will take this man. I have a much better place for him than the elf does. I belong to a true temple, a beautiful, splendid place, not some shanty on the docks. Uh, gentlemen, you will take your hands off Theodore immediately until we are certain of who you are and what your intentions are. This is preposterous. I'm a cleric of Istitia. This should be my domain, not this elves' domain. You get out of it, Bulkulfa. Do we know who Istitia is? Istitia is... Just make a knowledge religion for me. Oh, can I do that? That might actually be a class skill. I might do that too. If that's yes, okay. if you have knowledge religion. Uh, 17. That's pretty good for a cleric. 27. 27. <laughs> Reggie coming up short once again. You've definitely heard of the god Istitia in in tales, like fairy tales. Nothing that you've- Mythological you've kind of- heard of churches. Yep. This is one of those first times where you, something's going on in this moment where you're like, I've heard of that, but that's nothing I've ever encountered mm. in my life. That's I didn't think that was real. And would a 17 have still got me that information? No. Because for you, this is like a forgotten God. This is an outside God. So where you are right now is different from where you were and what was going on. This guy, Donkin is his name, says, He belongs with me. I'm a cleric of Istitia, not with this druid. Bulklutha, you need to stop picking up urchins from the street and leave all the good work to us. To which the elf responds with, This is not what I do. I help people. I keep telling you this. People belong with me. I get them rested. They get their lives back. All you do is preach to them and make them try to worship, and they end up hating Istitia. We love Istitia, and we want to spread her goodness. The god of the seas must be worshipped. Can I do a sense motive on both of these guys? You certainly can. It's uh, 15. Can we all do sense motives? Yeah, all of you can make a sense motive, Joel. 15, you say. Not bad. Not bad. I hear it, Cubs. It's a wisdom-based skill. Miles, Miles um, rolled a two, and with a sense motive of negative two. <laughs> 18. There's nothing untoward going on here. What you do sense is that there has been a rivalry. They're both, in essence, worshippers of Istitia, but you sense that there is a rivalry, that the clergy from the city, from the other districts, thinks they're better than the clergy from the docks, than these elves that have walked up. 
You've got no right to be taking them to those shanty on the docks. There is only one way to solve this. I call for rights of Istitia, the elf says. And at that, the crowd all goes, <gasps> Knowledge religion check again, please. Red, how are you going with that? Knowledge religion. I rolled 23. How can you roll a 23? Well, I rolled a 15. I've got a plus roll 8. Roll a d20, will you? Roll, I, I rolled a 15. I've got a plus 8. I just got an 18. With a 23, you again, you kind of go, Rights of Istitia. And then you, you remember reading a fairy tale in one of the books uh, when you were growing up of some type of right where two people have a disagreement, two followers of Istitia have a disagreement, they call in a third party to judge it. They then plead their case to this third party and what happens is they then walk out over to the sea, they stand on top of the sea casting spells from themselves and those spells actually summon water elementals. Those water elementals then stay and hold them aloft until judgment is passed. And then one of them is dragged to the very bottom of the ocean, regardless of how deep it is and how dangerous it is. And then let go, of course. They then can come back up to the top. But yeah. if it's deep, that's a problem. Gentlemen, the rights of this tissue are just a fairy tale, but if you wanted to do that, it would be certain death for one of you. That seems ridiculous to me here. Certainly we need to consult Theodore's family, and he'll turn to if Aunt is there or one mm-hmm. of the other people. Does this man have family of his own or or a religion that he follows? Anto kind of looks around. You see some of the other merchants look at each other and they kind of look quizzically and they kind of, do you, do you, do you even know where he lives? I, I've got no idea. He's always here first and he always leaves last. Well, we don't, sir, we, we don't know where he lives. We don't know much about him. He's a good guy. He's always here. We thought. How long has he been here for? Years. Years? He's lovely. Re- Reggie walks up to, to Flopsy. Flopsy, if he's a docks person, would he not want to go with the docks people? Both of these people are worshipping the same god. But one of them are local. One of them's from this area. Yeah. And the other one's off from some other area. I, my, my understanding is the rights of each teacher, it's out of our hands. They go out, I, summon, an, summon an elemental, and then the elementals decide. Why can't they just work together if it's the same god? Why can't they just both work it, together it, and try it, and solve what is problem? It would appear to me that they don't get on very well, that they can't see eye to eye on what the rights are. One wants to preach doctrine and one wants to preach the... Uh, but we're not pa- talking about any of that. We're talking about curing a man. Yes, and both have different perspectives on what that will be. Should we not find out whether they can actually do anything for him before we even release him into their custody? Sure. Shall I send up the flare? No. no. Blow your conch. <laughs> 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 nice. Do we hear an equally weird noise coming from about 20 feet away from the next person? <laughs> As I understand it, we will hear from each of the parties on, on what they will do for this man. Is that right? In the, in the rights of Istitia? Explain that to me again. Will you preside over us for the rights of Istitia? We will both present our cases to you. And it is you who will pass judgment. And at that point, the winner will, well, the person who you deem to be the winner will get the prize, I guess. Truth. We will do this, but on one condition. Yes, what's that? You will stand in but three feet of water. No! The rights of Istitia tell us that we must put ourselves in the hands of the gods. We shall go to the end of the docks and we shall stand on the water where it is there. He points to a very deep spot. It's at that point that 
you see the elf turn around, and for the first time, you get a glimpse of the back of the elf's head. Just make a perception check, please. 19 for Little Reg. Little Reg has quite the perceptive skills. 13. 13 for the (laughs) clocks. But. That's an eight for miles. Reg, you see it pretty, especially at the vantage point where you are lower. The lower, yeah. Yeah, you see that (laughs) Bull Cluther has gills, marking them as an aquatic elf rather than just a normal land-dwelling elf. You kind of put two and two together. If they go out to the end of this pier and they do that, this could actually be quite bad for for Donkin because he, he obviously can't breathe underwater, whereas Bull Cluther can. Donkin says to you, we shall go to the end of the pier and we shall trust in the hands of his Tishia. The gods shall speak through you. Uh, just just hang on a minute, mate. Just just, just hold your horses. And uh, Reggie goes out to Flopsy. Flopsy, the elf's got gills. Oh. He'll be able to breathe underwater. Seems right. a little one-sided. Yes. Well, everyone's got their own abilities and opportunities. Should, should we make sure that everybody knows what everybody's got before uh, they start committing themselves to something a little dangerous? I have a recommendation. Miles, pop over here for a second, will you? Yes. I wonder if we should just preside over them and hear what they have to say and make some decisions. Duncan may have his own abilities, magical perhaps, to breathe underwater. All right. Okay, Flopsy, you're, you know about these I things mean, the, more than I do. None of this really has anything to do with us. We just want to get him well. If I, either of them can do this or both what, of them can do this, then it doesn't really matter, does what, it? What we shouldn't be in charge of is the death of a person from jumping off the thing and drowning. Pierre, is this normal ah, But that won't parts? be our fault, though. That, that'll be their decision. Yep. So the, the, the chief said the mayor was very clear when he chewed his ass out that people who die... Pierre, is, is it normal in these parts to do these rites of whatever? Oh, oh yes, rites of Estitia. These churches are always having problems with each other. You're always seeing priests out on the water. It's something pretty common. Are we under any legal obligation to stop them or recite over them or? What do you mean legal obligation? We're the Night's Watch. Of course we've got some obligation. Well, this is happening. Who are you going to get to heal this man? Okay, We should go. probably hear them out. Yeah, Liz. Okay, job done. See, all you need to do is ask the right person. <laughs> will you preside over this or not? We will. Or shall we find other people? No, we'll, we'll do it as the Night Watch. It is our solemn duty. We have just taken a vow. This man is in our care. We will hand him off to someone who is going to take care of him. A bit of time goes past as everybody moves down to the end of docks. Theodore's sort of brought... He's kept under watch so that people know where he is. So you bring him with he's you. Still a bit cursing of a, and swearing. And yeah, he's still getting a bit grumpy. We'll keep Helga away from him and unto on him. Yep. I'd send Helga home, I would have thought. Yeah, Helga's that. disappeared. She she took what you asked her last time and she's gotten out of the way. The A crowd of people comes to hear the rites of passage. You see both uh, Bull Cluther and Donkin cast spells on themselves and in an intricate pattern they cast them on each other. You hear Piera saying, those are the rites of Ishita. Now, what will happen is they'll go and stand out on the water and each one will give us their version of the argument and we can ask questions if we need to and then as a group we'll have to preside judgment at that point someone's going to get a donking and someone's not <laughs> Duncan <laughs> Pierre this is the first time we've done this will you uh, speak up if we're doing anything untoward I, I, I've never done this either I've, only, I've, oh, I've heard excellent. about it but I think that we just have to listen to them Okay, carry on. Can I tell what spells have been cast on them? They're casting the rites of Istitia. Right. So this is part of, you see a ceremonial, 
you know, they're both doing the same kinds of things. One they're minute spell casting kind of process. Yeah, they're yeah. both praying to Istishia, nothing untowards happening. And then you see them both walk to the end of the docks. They raise their holy symbols almost in unison with each other and they pull out some crushed up seashells, some shell dust, and they throw that on the water's surface as they walk out on top of the water. Beneath the water, you see the swelling of a water elemental under each of them, sort of holding them up as they step out onto the surface of the water, the elemental almost grabbing their feet and their legs to keep them afloat above the uh, the water. And then in unison, they say, let the judges proclaim who shall go first. Uh, Paul Gluther, you arrived on the scene first. Why don't you uh, take us away? In a loud voice so that everybody can hear, almost magically enhanced, he says, when people have nowhere to go, they turn to the gods to ask for help. That is why I'm here in one of the poorest parts of town, to find those who need help and to give them aid. I only ask that when they healed, they hear of Istitia and know it is through him and her and the sea that they have been saved. This is the way. I have followed Istitia's wishes for all my rewards come through Istitia. Well said. Um, carry on. Um, anything from the crowd? Anything from... The crowd's silent. There's a solemnness to yep. this. This is not a spectacle that is to be jeered and cheered. People are treating this with the seriousness that it needs to. My good Sir Duncan, your turn to uh, extol the virtues of your procedures. I come down to the docks looking for those who need help. Those I find may have been wealthy ship owners or prosperous merchants who have fallen on hard times. I am not, however, solely concerned with their past. I take them to the temple. I give them what they need in order to return to good health and status. And I ask nothing but their future support of the church and of others less fortunate. I have no wish for them to become happy peasants. And he kind of looks over at the elf. As often happens when left to recover in such an environment as this. They are much more important to the church and to others in need as rich and powerful members of the community. Duncan, this person, is uh, Theodore, is not a rich, wealthy merchant. He is a chum seller on the docks. Do you still wish to take him in? I do. And what will become of him after he is finished when he cannot pay you or has to return to the peasant ways that he's come from? I will release him. We will use this Tishia's goodwill to heal him. And then he shall go back to being a prosperous merchant. And he shall support the church. What will you ask of him once he is healed? What do you mean, what will I ask of him? Will you require some recompense from this man after you have provided him this service? No, that is not what I ask. I ask that he pays it forward by presenting himself and helping those poorer than himself. And that perhaps he comes to worship Istitia and that he provide Istitia's wishes to the world. If he wants to donate money, that is up to him. It is most welcome. And you, Bulkluther, what shall be your requirement from this man once you have completed your devotions? I only require that he knows that it is through Istitia's wish that he has been healed. Both of you had a chance to look at the poor Theodore. What do you guys believe is wrong with him? He's wearing an amulet. It is a very powerful, powerful magic item called the Amulet of Undersea Friendship. It is something that I know of because it is from the sea that it comes. Any land-dwelling person that wears this will have the same effect as what has happened to Theodore. 
And how will you remove it? We shall obviously, both of us, I would think, take it to the church. And there they will go into the superior and the superior will remove it for him. I'm confused. You will both go to the church with this man? You will care for him together? No, we will, both of us independently will go and see the superior to have the... So you will both do the same thing to this man? We are both followers of Istitia. That is where we are. We are the same. It is very different, though, when you are only helping those who are rich and those who are fortunate and those who are, uh, one would say, on their luck. I, however, will also help those who are not on their luck. This man doesn't appear to be on his luck. Duncan still wishes to help him. Is he a merchant? Yes. Is he destitute? No, doesn't seem to have any family. He doesn't seem to have any friends. Doesn't seem to be in his luck. He seems to be a, a, a lonesome man who only comes to work every day. Yes, Not ask a- Donkin what would happen if this man had no job and no prospects and no money. Whether he would argue the same for him. Donkin, your response. I, well, look, the Church of Istitia will support anybody that they can. And those wretches sometimes are on the docks. I don't come to the docks very often, but when I do, I often spend my time looking for ship's captains and other traders and such. So what drew you to the docks this night? Well, this is what I do, good sir. I come around looking to see whether or not anybody is in need, and during the time of the Vale, many are in need of Istitia's warmth. This just seems a bit strange that both of you arrived when we're in the need of someone that can remove a curse at the exact same moment a person was cursed. Some would say it is Istitia's will, or written in the module. (laughs) I'm a little confused. One of you will take this man to the superior at the church to get the amulet removed and send him on his way with no need for any kind of retribution. And the other will take this man to the superior at the church to get the amulet removed with no need for retribution or compensation. Why wouldn't you just do this together? Preposterous! I'm not working with him! He is never doing the right thing! They break into an argument against each other and both of one of them's calling the other one a money grabber and the other one's calling another one like a go back to the seas where you came from kind of thing. You get the idea that while they're both followers of Istitia, they do it very differently. The ways that they show their following is very different to each other. Well, Cluthy, you said you knew this amulet because it came from the seas. How would he have gotten it? I would say that perhaps he had fished it out of the sea this morning when he was getting his fish for charm. Sense motive? Mm, you can sense motive. That would be a five. Do you, you don't think that he's telling a lie? Okay. Flopsy's going to turn to Pierre and go, if we make no judgment on these two, what becomes of them? Can't leave them there. The rights have been said. You've got to preside over this. You've got to choose one or the other. Neither or both is not an option. No, Istitia's will must be met. Theodore must go with someone. Dang, I thought there were four options to get out of this, not two. What do you both stand to gain from doing this? Almost in unison, they say, Istitia's love! I have no more questions. I care not for him, and I care not for him. I don't care, as long as this man gets... So it's a coin toss then, Flopsy. It seems to me both of them are um, devout in their own way. There seems to be no real loss for us either way. No one's getting hurt. Someone's getting wet. The only thing that worries me is maybe if Duncan's spells aren't enough to get him back to the surface. That's the only downside that I can see. It would appear to me that that would be Ishtishia's will as well. No? No? Yes, but, you know. Does that qualify as murder for us? I'm not sure how the watch would see that. Speak on, Pierre. What what, what do you mean? Well, if if we're letting a man drown, 
that's probably not what we're supposed to be doing. We're it's, here to save lives, aren't we? All four of us were voting, right? Sure. What happens if we vote as a stalemate? Why don't we go around between ourselves and just say, what are the pros and cons of each one of these arguments? Given that there are four of us, I'd like to s- recuse myself so that there is no stalemate, but I'm happy to sit here while we delineate on this. If you could keep us truth on the facts, that would be uh, wonderful, Pierre, without making any judgment. Uh, Miles? So, as I said, I, I'm kind of partial to Blue because I come from a poor, poor farming background myself. But at the same time, I can't good consciously say, let Duncan die if his spells don't last him to get to the top, even if it is God's will. It's not my God's will. There's nothing stopping you from going in there and fishing him out yourself. The fact that I can't breathe underwater is a bit of an issue. The only issue that we've got is he's got to touch the bottom. That's part of the right. So perhaps a dunking would happen, but I've got a feeling he'll be under there for a little while and we might have to help him. Can we just tie a barrel to him and then let it do its, do its own thing? That's not how that works. <laughs> He's already out on the water. How are you going to do that? Well, Gluther, that's your call there then, Miles? Where, where have you landed? I'm not sure. If we're just going off merit, I think I'd go with Gluther, yes. And you, little Reggie? I don't think I'd care much for either of the options, to be honest with you, Flopsy. Agreed. We have to make a choice, otherwise they'll be standing out there forever, and, and that can't stand. This man will never get healed unless we're going to take him to the temple, and I don't want to do that. We've got a, a job to do tonight. Oh, to be fair, though, Flopsy, I think they both can take him to the same place, so I don't think it matters. Just choose one. Let's just choose one. I'll go with Miles. Miles. I'll go with Miles. Okay, well, then I don't need to make a call because the uh, the judgment is made. I, I would have said um, Duncan has the resources of a, a church that has um, what seems to be uh, capital behind it. If it needs money to heal this man or to keep him well thereafter, maybe they can take better care of him. I'm but confused. They're so taking him so I thought they were both going to the same church. They're taking him to the same church, yes. No, one of them's taking him to a refuge house on oh. the docks and the other one wants to take him to a church. Okay, so Clutha has a refuge house, which is still a church of Istitia. But, but, but different superiors. But one right. of them's a cathedral right. and one of them's a... I have more questions then. One of them's a smaller area. So they're both worshippers of Istitia. They're both doing the right thing. They've both got the same type of resource, I guess, because they do want that amulet removed. They both have to go to the same place because only the superior of the church has the power to take it off. It's whether or not he stays in the docks or whether he gets taken into oh, so a, it is different, the same a different district. Yeah. Okay. Well, I stand then by my original idea that he should stay in the docks. Should stay in the docks. Do you stand by your call there, Miles? Yes. I, I, I mean, as I said, uh, I don't know what it takes to remove a curse. I don't know if money becomes a thing, but out of just where I think I'd rather stay if I was him, I'd probably rather stay close to home. Right. Well, I think we've made our call. I, I, I will say that my call would have been Duncan. I think the resources are of a more powerful church might uh, come to play here. And if there are material components required that are expensive, then that church can afford them. I'm not sure that Paul Cluther's church has those kinds of resources. But if they both attest to the fact that they can heal this man, then we shall let them do so. And I'm fine to keep the man in the area that he has grown up in, in the docks. Are we agreed? Judgment should be made in the favour of the CLs? I think so. Sure. Pierre, anything further to add? No, I think at that point, one of you just has to stand up and make a decree. Shall it be I? You didn't vote for Duncan, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, I would just avoid the word porous on a dock. We proclaim that Bull Clutha has won the rights of Estitia. <laughs> you feel like a compulsion leaves you at that point as you pass judgment. You see 
the hands of a water elemental come up, grab Donkin by the feet, and you just see him get dragged with efficiency straight to the bottom. You stand there watching. Two seconds. Three seconds. Four seconds. And after a little while turns by, you do not see Donkin's body rise to the top. Oh, Piera, how deep is the water here? Oh, it's pretty deep. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not going to survive that. And we, actually, we, we better help him. I guess we're going for a swim. You can see that. Uh, can we get the attention of the of the sea elf and just yeah. like get yeah. down there and get him? Or Clufa, we've 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 passed the right to you, but we need you to go get him now. What do you mean, go get him? Any god does better with two worshippers over one. Yes, that's right. I'm going to get Theodore and take him to the dock. Yes, but you can rescue Duncan first. What do you mean? Did that fool not cast the spell of water breathing on himself? What a moron! And he kind of jumps into the water. A few seconds later, he pulls up with uh, Duncan's innate body, flops it onto the, onto the docks in front of you. Have any of you got the heal skill? Or I do! We have a healing kit that will aid you in that. Oh, do we know? Uh, okay, so that's a 21 on a heal check. With a 21 on a heel check, you kind of push him on the chest. A bit of water comes out. He sits there. You put puts you put him in the recovery position, do all those healing things that I guess they did back in those days. And then he says, this dish as well. Flopsy put his, puts his one finger to his mouth and goes, shh, shh, speak not. Save your breath. And the crowd seems to part. You see Theodore going with Bull Clutha. They kind of wrap him in a blanket and they start taking him away. You see Bull Clutha cast a spell that seems to calm him down a little bit as well. You can identify that if you'd like as a calm emotion spell. And they just kind of take him off and people sort of dissipate. And You find yourselves at the end of this pier with no one else around. Eventually, even Duncan gets up and... Right, let's carry our beat. Do a final check of the uh, fish market, shall we? And uh, make sure Helga's okay. She can go back to selling those fish heads if she wants to now. Do we do we need to check out the lighthouse while we're here? Make sure everything's all going well. Is that something we do, Pierre? As part of what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to patrol everywhere. It seems all right here. No sign of nothing. Yeah. We're fine. Okay. Let's head on then. Back to fish town, I guess. Yes. And start walking down the docks. Everyone make a perception check for me. Um, is it danger? Because I've got Tippy looking out for danger. Mm-hmm. Reggie gets 10. 7. 7 for Fropsy. 15 for Tippy, 19 for Miles. Close. That was a natty 20. Oh, nice. Yeah, mine was a natty 1. Ooh. <laughs> Didn't you put them in the stats, bro? <laughs> Who got the natural 20? Miles. And what did you get after everything? <laughs> a 19. <laughs> Excellent. I'm so glad that you he's, got a, la- he's got a lazy eye. He's got a lazy eye. The most important thing in the, the skill in the game. Both Tippy and Miles, from the direction of Docktown, you hear yelling and the clatter of horses' hooves. And in the distance, someone screams, Run away, coach! And you see a coach coming up, scattered across. You see the back scrambling. There's no driver on the top of the coach. And you see two horses that are leading the coach. That are, that's moving forward. Reggie looks at Flopsy and Miles and with a desperate expression says, not again. <laughs> yes, it does appear we've been here before. So coming up the old coast road from the settlement of Dock Hollow, you can see this coach really ramping up. You see it crash into a couple of things, knock over a market stall. It's really out of control. And if it keeps going this way, it's probably going to knock into some people. You can also see or hear screams from inside of the coach. Oh, God. It's probably not a good idea to put one horse to sleep, right? How far away is it? It's probably about 
40, 50 feet away. Okay, so Reggie's going to start moving towards it with a view of making a, well, going to try and vault onto it. So you're going to try and get there. First and foremost, before we start that, I need to have initiative checks from everybody, please. Reggie gets a 18. Miles? 6.3. 6.3. Flopsy? 10.3. Could somebody please roll for Piera? An 18 for her. An 18. What did you get, Reg? I got an 18 in total with my roll. Oh, so you rolled an I 18, rolled an 18 for, her. for her. Yeah, I got an 18 in and total. And she gets a plus two. So she goes first. So as we start, you see this thing coming for you. Piera, unfortunately, didn't see it. Reg, you didn't really see it first. So you don't get to act in this first round either. The coach comes a little bit further. You see it skidding and coming up. Miles, you're the only one that can act in this first surprise round. Miles is going to move up. And he's going to do the only thing he can really do, and he's going to try and put a horse to sleep with his head. Sure. Make nice. it a will save. Put a horse to sleep. I like it. That is a will save of 11. Oh, it goes to sleep. <laughs> so one of the horses just goes boom, falls asleep, falls to the floor, and you see the coach scrambling forward. The second horse, still on its feet, though. But you see this poor horse get dragged does that mean it's doing donuts (laughs) get dragged and somewhat uh crushed a little bit by the coach that it was just remember as soon as it takes damage it wakes up (laughs) and it was dragging a little while ago see i mean it'll have to get up it's considerably harder for a horse especially when it's getting dragged (laughs) with its now broken legs yeah piera next time you put it to sleep will be with a shotgun (laughs) piera says oh no (laughs) quick we've got to save them this is not good And you can see her casting a spell and all of a sudden a bless comes across everybody. So you will get plus one to hit and are under the effect of bless. So now we have to hit the horses. I don't know. She doesn't know what to do. Reg, what are you up to? (laughs) So um, I'm going to run and vault onto or, you know, just do some sort of really funky cartwheel backflip onto the coach. Onto the coach or the horse? Uh, I'm going to go to the coach, grab the reins. I think going onto the horse would probably be dangerous, especially if um, Mars is going to put that one to sleep as well. I don't want a horse landing on top of me. Make your acrobatics check, please. Let's see how well you go. Due to the movement of this coach and all the erratic nature of it, you actually take negative two on that roll. So um, with a plus 10 on my acrobatics check skill and a negative two, I get a grand total of 11. Oh, 11 is, dude. 11's not enough. You run up to the side of the coach and you get attempt to grab onto it, but your hand just misses the one handle that's there and it, it slides past you at that point in time. The coach you see move forward about another 15 feet, dragging this horse who's asleep. The horse that's on the floor starts to whinny as it takes a bit of damage. You can see it start to rouse itself as well, but this is there is some collateral damage from the horse going back. You've also hampered the movement and you can see that the other horse is actually slowing down somewhat uh, and moving a little more erratically left and right, trying to buck out of the harness that's pulling the carriage. Guys, should I send it the flare? No, no flare. <laughs> Throw that flare in the water. Put the flare away. Flopsy. Can Flopsy pull a scroll and cast? Yes. So he pulls out a scroll and a little bit of butter. <laughs> uh, and he casts grease at the horses. <laughs> Just underneath the horse's feet. The one that's moving? Yep. What does grease do, Brett? Any creature in the area when the spell is cast must make a successful reflex save or fall. Oh, that is not going to be good. That is a reflex save of 11. I don't think that makes it, mate. 
You see the second horse just skittering around and it too falls on the floor as the momentum of the carriage and the harnesses that the horses are attached to kind of push the carriage in front and you also see the carriage come to a stop. Miles, you'll go. Miles is going to rush forward to the carriage and try and open the door and get in. Or if, is, it, is it still moving or is it basically stopped? It there? rolled to a stop. So yeah. the grease comes, both the horses fall, the carriage's momentum obviously carries it a little bit further yeah. and then it comes to a complete halt. Yeah, so Miles is going to run forward and try and open the carriage door and get anyone out. You run to the carriage door, you open up and inside you see a lady in scarlet. She's a younger lady. She looks of noble stock and you can see her uh, just holding her head with a little bit of blood just dribbling down Take my hand if the you side want to of live. her face. You see, a ma- <laughs> you see a man also inside and uh, the man is wearing military garb almost and he's finely dressed as a, as a noble as well. He's a little bit older than she is but not by much. She kind of looks up and says, ah, ah, puts her hand to her forehead and looks a little bit woozy. Major Miles McCarthy, take my hand if you want to live. She puts out her hand. I help her out of the. You help her out. She smells wonderful. She smells like blossoms in the summer. She's, she's quite pretty. I carry her, you know, in my arms, mm-hmm. like a, a newlywed out of the disaster zone. So you carry her away from the carriage. Yep. She kind of swoons a bit. You see a blink her eyes and her her focus comes into your into your face. And, and uh <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> And she says, oh. oh. Meanwhile, the man who was inside the carriage has kicked the door open and he's got climbing himself out and he gets out, straightens his uniform, straightens the sword at his side, which is a ceremonial sword, stands up straight and says, Well, well, I think you should probably unhand her. Certainly, yes. Just getting away from those wild animals before they get up and do some more damage. Are you all right, my dear? I'm fine. If, it, if not for this gentleman, I, I pro- this probably would have been worse. At which time the rest of the party arrives to see the scene. He looks over her. She sits on the floor and she says, Please, who are you, my saviors? My name is Miles McCarthy. This is Little Reg and Flopsy. I do say, what, what happened to your driver? We, we, we're not sure. I, well, I was going out for an evening with this fine and upstanding Sir Winford Stanley, and then we heard a scream and some bumping, and the horse and carriage just took off. I want to go home. This has been terrible. Officer, uh, Charlie Spindlestrike here at your service. Um, these things typically require a driver. Um, you will uh, need to present yourself to the court for driving a carriage without a thing. Here is a ticket for such uh, indiscretions to present. Now, next time, you need to have a driver for one of these things. Now, not a lot of these carriages have horses now. I say, what is this ridiculousness? I am the Baron of Mermittal Keep and do not know who this is? No, we are uh, new to town. We are members of the Night Watch. This is Princess Mara Vajan Ray. Oh, your majesty, pleased to make your acquaintance. Of course we had a driver, you fool. There was a driver on top. We don't know where he's gone. Okay, well then ignore the ticket, but um, we we should find your driver, no? No, I shall find my driver. You escort the good lady back to her garden estate, please. And and, and who's the gentleman she was, um... Being escorted with what? Me, of course. Who, oh, my Sir Winford Stanley the Third? There's quite the age difference between the two of you, isn't there? How very dare you, sir! Now, if you will, you are Night's Watch, aren't you? Yes, we are. 
It is amazing what they let in these days. Perhaps you could do the simple fact and take her back to her house. Oh, yeah. I shall go and seek my driver. We will gladly do that because obviously you aren't able to. Good day, sir. And we. Uh, with that, he, he says, good day. And walks off in a blustering manner into the mist looking for his driver. And you see her. She's on the floor still holding her head. She's got a bit of blood still dripping down. And she's pulled out a handkerchief and she's kind of kind of shaken up. She hasn't done much talking because she's still shaken. Uh, so Reggie allow, goes, allow me, miss. Tippy, cast cure light. Cure light, cast. Now I touch her and cure light wins. Her wound immediately heals up. How many points of healing do you give her? Three. Three points of healing is, is more than enough to just... The, you see the, some of the bruises clear up, the cut on her head clears up. She just mops up some of the blood that's left. Why, why thank you, good sir. Now, what is your name? Miles. Miles. And you're a member of the Watch? We, we are, yes. Oh. Would you, would you escort me home? Gladly. Please, put, we're, we're new to town. Point us in the right direction. Oh, I, I live... Over in, in the gardens of opulent splendor. Oh, just down the coast road from here. That seems wonderful. You, you, you take care of the woman. I just got to see to the horses. Flopsy will go and um, calm the horses down and then dismiss Grease. Can Reg have a little look at the um, carriage to see if there's anything that's... Any clues? Look so clues. you... No, 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 suspicious and like it's been tampered with or anything like that or any evidence that the driver was assaulted before he left or anything, like before he came off the carriage, I mean. So Flopsy and... Reg go and start looking at the carriage, having a look around. The horses, I, I'm afraid to say the horses have seen better days. They've have been having fallen over the way they have. One of them asleep, one of them in Greece. Let's roll for this, actually. Fumble through! As Reg is walking over to the carriage, he kind of looks back at Miles and kind of, you know, gives the nod and the raised eyebrows. Hello, hello. Yeah, emphatically, like, here's your chance, boy. Here's your boy. Here's your chance. One of the horses... Legs is broken. So Flopsy will walk out to the back of the carriage from the boot, grab the curtain that's stored in every carriage, <laughs> drive it round the horse. Would a cure light work on the horse? <laughs> yes. Yes, it would. There's nothing so What about a heel check? Uh, a heel's probably a little longer, means you're spending some time to actually tend to their wounds, but magical healing will definitely get this horse out of trouble. Just setting up for the glue factory at the front. <laughs> <laughs> Does it look like a very well-bred yeah. horse? Yeah. Yep. Five points of magical healing to the horse's leg. Oh, the, the leg, you see the bones snap back into place as the healing actually starts to work and the, the horse kind of makes a bit of a recovery. As you're tending to the horse, make a perception check. You can do that as well, Flopsy, as you're sort of looking through the carriage. Flopsy's a little pissed off at this. He's just pulled the curtain out. Now he's got to pack it back up in the boot. I read you got a 26 on his perception. 26 is pretty good. I got a four. <laughs> <laughs> Reg, you can see a little bit of blood on the horses. You see that something looks like it, it, it has actually pierced the horse's hooves, which hooves. might have sent them. So you can see that there's some blood coming out. You know how hooves are almost nails, but something's pierced them and there's blood coming out of the hooves that you don't think is the scrapes and, um, you know, th that sign that you've just healed. So can I do a heel check on that to see what it might have been? Will that work? So I'll no. kind of identify what it would have been, like a cantrip or something. Not a cantrip, a caltrop. Caltrop, thank you. Yeah. Make a heel check. <laughs> 19 on the heel check. You find traces of blood on the horse's hooves and, and even on the front of the carriage as if something, you know, she described a bang and then the horses went crazy. Maybe something or somebody has tampered with this 
Is it the horse's blood or some other blood? Driver blood, perhaps. It's too any, low to yeah, be the driver. Anyway, I could say. To, yeah, it's too low it. to be the driver. It's definitely come from the horse. That's very interesting. I know not of animal things. Well, it seems to be that these horse has been injured on the hoof. When the lady did say something about a bang. Please, sir, could you take me home? I think I'm ready now. And she stands up and he, she's a little wobbly and she kind of grabs onto your arm and she put, loops her arm around you. You're quite strong. Please. Yes, yes, I am. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> you hear from Reggie in the back. What's your strength, mate? Mr. Halfling? Oh. Yeah, okay. What's your strength? Uh, What's it's your the strength? strength of? He's the strongest member of the party. At right, what? 17. 17. Okay. We well, are a human. I would expect nothing less. Yes, uh, certainly. Uh, Flopsy and uh, uh, Reg, we're just, I'm just going to escort this Miss Home. Are you guys going to come? Or are you going to? I don't think that we should split off. We should probably stay together. Yes. Uh, uh, let's just uh, keep these uh, horses tied up to the carriage. We'll walk it all back to the princess's house, collect our reward, and be on our way. Stop cramping my style. <laughs> Pierre, Pierre says, look, I'll, I'll lead the horses with you. If you three want to make sure that she's on guard, obviously something's going on here. Something a bit fishy. <laughs> Tippy, watch out for danger. Pierre, uh, holler if there's an issue, but these horses seem safe now. If you might walk into the stables, we'll escort the Princess Mara to her abode. Collect her reward and be on our way. Pierre starts grabbing the horses and leading them behind you. You start walking up the old coast road. You start moving past the warehouse district. She kind of urges you to move forward and she points to a large, there's a big large wall with a couple of walkways that go over the top of it and some bridges. And she says, it's, I, I live just up there. Okay. So miss, who's that uh, Sir Winifred Stanley you're with? Oh, he's a, he's a wonderful man. He's the Baron of Mermittle Keep and all the adjoining land. Very much an eligible bachelor. Go, nigger! Is he your boyfriend? He seemed a bit of a blowhard. What do you mean, boyfriend? I don't know. Whatever you city folk call the old courting rituals. It's the first time you see her face change and she looks at you like you're being a little uncouth. Sorry. And she says, sor- she says, hey, look, we were just out for an evening with that upstanding member of society. Well, he was, was very upstanding right up until the point where he left. Well, he's going to see about his man. Leaving a lady or, or behind with strangers that he's just met. You are the what, aren't you? We are the what. Uh, he didn't ask are, to see a badge or anything, though. You are trusted to do the right thing. That's true, and we will, we will do that. I was, just, I was just pointing out some, some obvious flaws in his gentlemanly ways. I am not a, a city folk. Sorry, miss. I'm, a, I'm a, from a country bumpkin from a town far away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, it's dark and, and it's misty, but she doesn't need to be that close. <laughs> so you said you heard a bang and then the car, the horses went crazy. Yes, we heard us. I heard a scream, then a bang, and then all of a sudden the horse whinnied and went nuts. So scream, <laughs> scream first would have been the guard falling to whatever begotten him. Bang to startle the horses and make them run. Maybe. Perhaps without us intervening, it was surely death but the horses for both the Baron injured. and the Princess, who would be most likely to benefit. From the demise of the Baron or the Princess. Your Grace, any any enemies to you or the Baron that may be trying to cause this oh, I couldn't say. I'm sure a man of his standings probably made enemies all over the place. I mean, my father's got plenty of, plenty of enemies who do not like his perfume business. Oh. A perfume business? That's right. Oh. Exotic perfumes. And you are a princess and your father owns a business? Yes, I am a princess. Is... Is that a title? Yes, but I come from very far away from here, and unfortunately, ah, 
Nobody here really acknowledges my princess title, and we are just wealthy merchants now. So perfume business, that, that would be why you smell so wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The Everyone fudge. make a perception check. Natty 20 again for Miles. Oh, which makes it. Excellent. 19. Sure. Flopsy. Seven. And uh, Reg. Sorry. 14. With a surprising quickness, a tentacle capped with five spiny claws wraps itself around Flopsy's throat, attempting to both strangle and silence you at the same time. Flopsy does a a grapple check. Yes, this is a a grapple check of 26. Beat your CMD. Just. See, you're kind of walking along. And you, My CMD is 11. Yeah. In your, in your infinite wisdom, you know, you're, you're pondering the world and you kind of slip back behind the rest of the group a couple of paces and there's this tentacle just falls from the, the roof of the tunnel that you're going through, wraps around your throat, clasps into you, and it starts constricting, cutting your airway off and not letting you breathe or scream. And it then attempts to start hoisting you up the the sides of the tunnel. Everybody else make me another perception check, please. Oh, my days. 16. 17. So, Miles, you and Tippy turn around, and as you notice, you see Flopsy with a big tentacle around its neck being dragged upwards, almost being hung. He tries to speak, and you, for the first time, maybe thankfully, you can see that Flopsy can't get a word out. <laughs> And with that, we'll see you next time. Oh, no way. Oh, oh no. You can't leave me hanging. <laughs> you're going to die. Yeah, you're going to but- die. And you're not going to scream or talk. <sighs> so what's the character? What do you want me to roll up then? I got you. Don't worry. This is the whole thing that I was waiting for. You can't trip me when I'm floating the air. No, I can't trip you, but I'll be able to revive you. you oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Once you're dead, it will let you go and I'll bring you back. <laughs> <laughs>